Hi, Vet Girl here today with Dr. Bill Bush, a neurologist and neurosurgeon at Bush Veterinary Neurology Service, the largest neurology service in the world for veterinary medicine. He practices in Maryland and Virginia and has an active residency program in neurology. And today, he's going to be talking to us about why Keppra. So I guess the question, why Keppra, you know, innate to that, or, or is why not phenobarbital or bromide? Keppra is one of the newer anti-epileptic drugs, and uh, it gets grouped with zanisamide and gabapentin in that regard. And it's looked at the same way in people. You know, there's old standbys and then these newer drugs. I think when you're choosing a anti-epileptic drug for maintenance therapy, first thing I would say is, you know, use one drug, not multiple drugs, so you can figure out which drug is working. And then when you select a drug, you should consider cost, dosing interval, side effect profile, and of course, efficacy. So why Keppra? I practice with eight other neurologists, and Keppra has become our first choice drug uniformly among all the neurologists, and we've trained at many different facilities. So we've all converged. Uh, For me, why Keppra is the extended release formulation is generic, and it's twice a day. So the dosing interval and the cost are are fine. In a 30-kg lab, it's probably for a month through Costco. 30 bucks a month, $40 a month, so very affordable. In terms of side effects, you know, when using it as, as an, a sole agent or monotherapy, which, which I would advise, you really don't see side effects. I, I think when you add it on, sometimes you'll see some sedation and ataxia, which might cause you to reduce the dose and then walk it back up. For the extended release, the half-life when given with food is 19 hours, so it's a twice-a-day medicine. And the dose, I start at 30 mg per kg, and then I'll work my way up to 50 mg per kg. I will get a serum concentration through Auburn under the circumstance that the dog's very hard to control. And when I start the drug, I want to know maybe a week later that I'm in the reference range or when I'm about to give up on the drug and want to make sure that uh, I'm well beyond or at the high end of the reference range. So we've got a virtually side effectless drug, cost effective, and a good dosing uh, interval. So then the question would be, does it work? Unfortunately, there have been no uh, placebo-controlled studies for monotherapy or even crossover studies where maybe you start phenobarbital and then, which is the, I guess the current gold standard, let's say, and then you go on to Keppra and then compare the seizure and frequency within the two groups. That just hasn't been done. So nobody can really say whether Keppra works or not for monotherapy. There've been multiple studies looking at it as an add-on. In other words, your seizure frequency or side effects are intolerable as they are while on phenobarb or bromide or the combination. So you add on Keppra. In that circumstance, Keppra is thought to be effective in reducing the amount of seizures that you're having. In one study, it it just failed to reach statistical significance in a placebo-controlled atmosphere, but that's the only placebo-controlled add-on study that I know of. What I often say is, what do you think the chances are that a placebo is going to work to treat epilepsy in a dog? And uh, if the audience is, is seemingly has a sense of humor, I'll say, what if you told an owner today, in order to control seizures, to go out and take off all their clothes and run around their house three times naked and, of course, come back in and get dressed? Do you think that in the next three months, your dog's going to have fewer seizures in the previous three months? So in other words, a true placebo, nothing that could possibly have an influence on the dog's seizure frequency. So my question is, how many times do you think in the second three months there'd be fewer seizures? And then how many times do you think there'd be less 
than 50% seizures in the second three compared to the first three months. And a pretty good study has been done. Basically, the placebo rate is 70%. And then to reduce by 50% is 30%. So running around the house will reduce seizures about 70% of the time. And it will cut them in half 30% of the time. There's a huge placebo effect to get over when evaluating a drug. And I think that's why Kepra almost made it in that one study. Short story is there is no study for monotherapy showing that any drug works. There's plenty of studies, including ones done with Kepra, showing an add-on works. But few of those, none of those actually, have been placebo-controlled where the dog has gotten over the uh, placebo effect. So in summary, why Kepra? Kepra is effective. It's effective as an add-on and it's effective as a monotherapy. It's cost-effective. It's twice a day. There's few to no side effects. And most importantly, there are no known organ toxicities with this medication. It's amazing, but there aren't any. In pediatric medicine, there's one case report about renal tubular nephritis that may or may not have been from Keppra. And I have yet to see a problem with Keppra. While I'm on the bandwagon, the last thing about Keppra, and perhaps the most important, is that there's an injectable form. And this then leads me to the question, if you had a dog present to you having a generalized tonic-clonic seizure, what would you do? Well, if you could get IV access, you'd, you'd probably reflexively reach for Valium. If you couldn't, that's hard. And I think there's a couple options. One would be I'm intramuscular midazolam. That's probably the best option. But one of the things I'm going to pitch is Kepra. Kepra both IV and subcutaneously. So the pharmacokinetic data looks this way. If you give 6-0, 60 mg per kg of Kepra intravenously to a bunch of greyhounds, and this has been done, they show no side effect, and you rapidly, within a minute, reach serum concentrations obviously, and presumably CSF and brain concentrations. So it, it rapidly gets to the neurons that are causing the problem, and it doesn't cause any side effects. And it lasts for about eight hours as an intravenous medicine. As a subcutaneous medicine, it reaches serum concentrations, maximum serum concentrations, in just under 15 minutes. So probably it reaches effective serum concentrations in maybe eight to 10 minutes or sooner. So you can give it subcutaneously, reach useful serum concentrations quickly, and then it lasts for seven hours. So I think in either scenario, a dog comes through the door or you can't get IV access or you're at home, there's a lot of applications for IV or sub-Q Kepra. The other benefit, obviously, is it can continue by mouth. So it is the first choice drug or will be because of its flexibility, cost, and side effect profile. It's nearly ideal. So that's why Kepra.